Welcome everyone to the Adams Ward Podcast. We are in the home here with Bert Akins. We're excited to, to get to know him a little bit better um, since they're semi-new to, uh, to our Ward family. We are. So thanks, Bert, for joining us You're today. Bad. Thank you. Why don't you go ahead and get us started by telling us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, and sure. some hobbies and things. Well, first of all, I'd like to say what an amazing thing I think you're doing and how productive I think this can be to uh, family history and um, the effort that you're making to pull all the uh, board members together and get to know one another better. I think it's a, a great thing you're doing and I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, well, it starts off with um, highlights of our childhood. Uh, I was um, born of... James Edward Aikens and Barbara Louise Jackson in Anchorage, Alaska. My dad was stationed at Elmendorf Air Force Base. He was Army, but because he was part of the Signal Corps, and in those days during the Korean War, uh, they needed uh, to fill some positions in the Signal Corps at the air base. So my dad was stationed up there. Um, my dad's Heritage is 100% German, both his mother and father. My mother is a Heinz 57, Scotch, Irish, English is the majority of it, and various others. There's some actually some Native American in there somewhere. I, I'm not, I haven't found it in family history yet, but that is my DNA makeup from my parents. Nice. Um, I have no memories of Alaska because I was only nine months old when Dad got restationed from Anchorage to Seattle, okay. which is where uh, I was blessed with two younger sisters. Uh, my two sisters and I are uh, approximately a year plus or minus apart from one another. Uh, Dad had uh, been stationed in Seattle. He His uh, stint with the Army only lasted a little while longer, and he um, fulfilled his commitment and then hired on with the railroad in Seattle. And because of his background in Signal Corps of the Army, he joined the communications portion of the railroad. So we spent only enough time in Seattle for my two sisters to be born, and then shortly thereafter, we moved to a little place in central Washington called Ephrata. Only at that time, 5,500 plus or minus, 5,400 plus or minus people. Not very big, yeah. but bigger than some of the places I hear these people grew up in. <laughs> um, with his uh, employment at the railroad there, he filled a position as a telegrapher. Because in those days, because I'm old as dirt, and so my dad was still uh, doing things like actual tapping of the telegraph wow, to cool. send messages to and from the control, uh, the control of uh, the headquarters, if you will, uh -huh. in the region in Seattle, and then they would telegraph that information to the train engine, um, and. So it was, I mean, it was still not primitive, of course, but it, there still wasn't the electronics there is today. Yeah. And I would spend a lot of time with my father at the train station, a lot. I would spend my weekend nights there, sleeping on the counter. He put a pad down, <laughs> I'd sleep on the counter while the trains went rushing by and he'd go out and do his thing. And uh, as I grew older, I would go out and help him with, because in those days the mail, the huge majority of the mail traveled by rail car. Yeah. So we would, he would, as I grew old enough to help, I would go out as he wheeled the carts out and, and manhandle all of that mail onto those carts and then it would go to the local post office. And because Efreda was as a county seat, a lot of the county and even uh, being central in the state, a lot of uh, mail and um, um, communication went through Ephrata between Spokane and Seattle. And, gotcha. Yeah. It, um, it was a good childhood. I mean, it was um, 
I think, how do I put it here? Um, it was a father's nose best childhood. <laughs> I was um, a child, the oldest, um, to two parents who were, uh, um, how do I want to put it? Uh, near picture perfect 50s and 60s father snow's best lifestyle <laughs> a son to happily married parents three children's raised three children raised by a fairly strict disciplinarian man my father both parents worked okay. uh, both being quintessential examples of hard work and the work ethic uh, born of pioneers uh, my mother's family came across from the Midwest in covered wagons. And the wow. stories that my grandparents used to tell, I wish I had um, recorded them by tape or some other means because the stories were, and I can remember some, but I can't remember them all. So I'm, I'm trying to do better about family history down from me to my family, my kids and so on. But it was, it was a, it was a good childhood. It really was. Um, they, uh, they, we were, oh, yeah, we were influenced by that work ethic throughout our childhood because Ephrata is, as I said, the county seat, um, is a hub for one of the, uh, more, um, prominent agricultural centers in, in Washington. Uh, Grant County is a huge farming and ranching district. Um, apart from the um, Palouse here, uh, Grant County would be second only to that. And I don't know that in many aspects they were actually bigger with grain and cattle and all sorts of things. So a great deal of my childhood was spent with my farming friends. Uh -huh. and uh, getting up early in the morning and feeding the animals and mucking out the stalls and picking rocks and uh, changing sprinklers. And, and many of those ranches are hundreds of thousands of acres big. Um, and although I didn't have the experience that, say, Brother Call did running a lot of the equipment, I had a lot of the labor involved. Uh, and that's where I spent my time. Um, with my friends, when I wasn't with my friends, I was uh, pursuing my favorite hobby, which was, or pastime, which was bowling. Bowling, yeah. nice. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Moved from um, a very young boy to bowling, clear up to junior league bowling, where there were tournaments and trophies, and, and even had aspirations of pro-am Really? Uh, involvement, but I never really had the opportunity to pursue it. So, cool. uh, and I still enjoy bowling, but I'm not nearly as good as it used to be. Especially with a hip that's kind of funky right now. But the 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 childhood was born of days when we went out in the summer, spring, summer, and fall, and we spent our day away from the house. Mom and Dad didn't have any worries. We were good kids. We were friends with good kids. Uh, Efredo was a safe place right. and um, we would we were disciplined known to report home by dusk if those street lights yeah. came on <laughs> and or I didn't hear my dad's whistle we knew to be home yeah, by the time, time the street lights did yep <laughs> so uh, what, what would you do like would you go out to the fields would you go out to downtown question. or uh, no downtown was um we didn't congregate downtown like most of the kids we spent time in our friends yards okay or went hiking out in the city because all afraid it was was sagebrush rattlesnakes and rolling hills of of barrenness where there wasn't farms or ranches and there was a lot of so sagebrush just exploring just exploring exploring enjoying nature uh shooting our bb guns at silly stuff yeah um uh, my dad took me out often as uh as a young boy 
with the 22 taught me how to shoot jackrabbits on the run. Yeah. He grew up with a full-blood Shoshone Indian in Death Valley. So he had that background of experiencing life in harsh, harsh environment. And um, they always had German or uh, St. Bernard's and they would hunt the jackrabbits to feed St. Bernard's. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, his Indian friend taught him oh, so many stories he had. Uh, so I learned a lot about that from my yeah. father. And that's what we, my friends and I would do because they were um, uh, like-minded, you know, mm-hmm. all of um, good, hard work ethic, good moral principles. I was brought up in, proudly so, with a great um, spiritual uh, in, um, influence from a, a good church, Nazarene church. Um, in my mind, and even today, um, apart from uh, authority being uh, taught, preached, and handed down, they had it right. Plan of salvation. I had good influence. Uh, cool. Good spiritual bones. Um, and then... Um, as much as my sisters and I knew that we were a part of a good family structure, we were happy. We, not very many cares. Um, my, probably. My sisters and I were very close. So I was their protector. <laughs> Big brother. It's, yep. It's what was instilled in me as a responsible boy turning into manhood. Um, quite to our surprise, because um, my sisters and I didn't know any better. Um, Mom and Dad were having some struggles. And then they ended up divorcing... Um, See, I think I was 11-ish, um, or sometime, just right at that age. And, but that was their problem, not our problem, not ours to know about, not ours to suffer through, not ours to take responsibility for. So they, that was not put on us as a burden. And we didn't really feel it until, by surprise, one day there was a talk of divorce and the plans that were being made and how things were going to be. Mm-hmm. And so they divorced, and my sisters, I lost my sisters to uh, my mother's departure, some 110 miles away to Spokane from Ephrata. And I was old enough and darn well stubborn enough to say, I will be staying with my father. And it didn't matter what the court said. I, that's where I was going to be. So um, we parted our ways, sadly, but not without the knowledge that we would always be family. And uh, uh, and that was a strong tie. Um, shortly after um, they parted their ways, I contracted or I was diagnosed with a life-threatening, massive tumor in my skull. Of course, that wasn't something mother and father knew about prior. Maybe things would have been different. But for whatever reason, that was the plan that was beset, that was handed to us. And um, because my father was very responsible as a dad, um, he had the best of insurance. And because the railroad is what it was. It was good insurance. Mm-hmm. And he made laid the plans. It was considered, once discovered, that uh, it needed to be dealt with on an emergency basis. He sought out and researched for the best there was uh, medically. Uh, and he found a world-renowned surgeon in Seattle that had just, he and his team had just um, procured a, a new way of performing surgery on this type of a thing that wouldn't leave the um, the person, the patient, um, permanently disfigured. 
So with great risk and a new procedure, my dad gave permission and they went in and took out this huge tumor that it was the size of a grapefruit wow. in my, in my skull. And people think, well, there's not that much room in there, but yeah. we were all blessed and we were all given by the wisdom of our heavenly father, a space in there, in our nasal cavity. And it was compacted in there and they successfully removed it. Um, and here I am today, a witness that technology is an amazing thing. And that was way back when dirt was being formed. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is a new technology. It was, it was amazing. So I got through that. And then um, at the age of um, 15-ish, coming up with 16, when my dad was, they were still there, um, my dad got instructions that he would be transferred um, with the railroad, and if he wanted to keep his employment, he would have to move. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, he was only moving 75 miles to a little place, a larger place called Ellensburg, but it was 75 miles away. And again, myself being the independent young man I was, I said, I will emancipate myself from my, my, from my family. I'm not going to leave you afraid. I've grown up here all my life. Wow. I've gone uh, to uh, school with all these kids all my life. I've had a job. I literally had a, a form of income since I was 13. It was that good upbringing that my father instilled. And so I said, I love you dearly. There was no, uh, our, well, there was some convincing on my parents, <laughs> part, including sure. my mom, 110 miles away that said, um, you, mm, you're too young. You shouldn't be doing that. And I said, well, I've had a job since I was 13. I bought my own car at 16. Um, I'm fine. So I um, struck out on my own, not really struck out, I stayed where I was at and let the family go away. Um, so I was from the age of 16 plus uh, a bachelor making my way through school and, and supporting myself. I never, there was no discussion because I didn't expect them to and my dad, like the father of the wayward prodigal son says, if this is what you want to do and you're willing to go to the extent of emancipating yourself, I will allow this. We're only 75 miles, 75 miles away. You're welcome to come home anytime. But I never took a penny from them and uh, he never really offered. Not because he didn't love me, because he knew, he knew that I was determined yeah. to take it on myself. So I went ahead and in the last year and a half of high school with a bachelor, worked nights as a janitor so so I could get a better form of income from just doing landscaping which I'd been doing since I was 13 okay and uh, was a janitor through through high school at nights did my school work anytime I could in between and was at school during the day um, that's amazing it I wouldn't have had looking back on it I wouldn't have had it any other way however going through it Sometimes I wondered if that was good judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but really, um, it was because the awesome upbringing of my Christian parents and uh, um, and having. A man as a father, which so many, so many kids they just don't don't get that allowed me to do that. So I graduated on time, didn't miss any any years. Um, graduated in my class, not with honors, but I graduated, <laughs> and that's another story to go into all those details, and uh, and immediately moved to Spokane, the big city. Um, what pulled you there? My your mother, sisters, your my mother, mother and my sisters. Okay. I wanted to reunite with them and to go to where my father was. Uh, I had spent those years with him, uh, feeling nurtured and gaining the knowledge and the experience and the things that I felt I needed. Um, and he had uh, just before he moved, just before he had got those uh, orders, he had met a wonderful my second mom. My stepmom, a wonderful woman, um, that it was shortly after they got married, 
that they, he got these orders. And I loved her, loved her dearly. She was a wonderful, wonder, an amazing woman, a woman of God, really, uh, a, a saint on this earth. And she raised eight kids by herself. <laughs> and that's a story we can go into another time. But um, so my father went from being a father of three children to a father of eight, 11 kids, like, Overnight. Overnight. Wow. And they all went, with the exception of my sisters, they all went, and myself, to Ellensburg to start a new life as a, as a new family. Very proud of him and her and all those kids who uh, I have considered to this day as my brothers and sisters. Cool. Um, and I went the other way to Spokane, to the big city, you know, the big life. I don't know what kind of dreams, hopes, uh, aspirations I had because... I had no experience with big city life. I was a small town farm kid, kid, yeah. but I knew that there was something more out there for me, apart from reestablishing uh, a renewed relationship with my mother and sisters, who I saw all the time because my dad was <clears throat> with the railroad. I was granted free access to train passage oh. anytime I wanted to. Wow. And so I went to Spokane often on gotcha. the weekends to go see my mom and sisters. Nice. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I said, I really I, I wasn't spoiled, but I had a good life as a as a child. And um, so I went to Spokane. <clears throat> I had enough money in my pocket to afford a, 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 just a real cheap place for rent. I didn't spend any time living with my mom and sisters. I mean. Um, there may have been a short stint there where in between I spent some time with them. But I was already in love with my high school sweetheart, who, which is another long story, <laughs> details of which I won't get into. But my high school sweetheart and myself were dating in high school. Her mother was, was the woman that my dad fell in love with. And ended up marrying. So my high school sweetheart immediately became my stepsister and my um, sister in, or not sister-in-law, my, my wife eventually, because when they moved to Ellensburg, so she, she went was with one them. of those eight. Correct. Okay. Wow. I went to Spokane. So for a very short period of time, I was driving literally every weekend to go see my dad and my bride-to-be. <laughs> and I was somewhere in the back of my head I knew my destiny was to be a family and I wanted to, I didn't want to waste any time getting started so we got married young she wasn't even out of high school yet and huh. um, and uh, we had our first child uh, almost a year later and she joined me in Spokane and we started a family in Spokane and uh, that's where my two oldest children were <clears throat> were born and raised and then um, some years later, uh, we had some <clears throat> struggles and she decided to leave. And, uh, for three years, um, she was away. Um, I never pursued divorce cause this was the woman I was to spend my, my life with. And those kids were, um, were my sole responsibility at, at that point. I raised them, um, I'd say by myself, but I had my my sisters, my mother, such a support system. Everybody was pitching in to help. Uh -huh. But in order to do that, I had to have a job and a half or two jobs <laughs> yeah. to do that. So I did what was necessary, as my dad would have done, did. Uh -huh. And I laid down with two jobs every night, tired as a dog, but I went home to my kids, and they were with me almost every single night. And cool. we did that for three years um, to a point where I had always told their mother, "You, when you're ready, you come home. The light will always be on. I have no intentions of divorcing her. I just knew that I needed to take care of those two kids and whatever she decided on. That was that was her life. That was her, hmm. her decision to make. Well, three years later, she came home, but only for a short period of time. She just... Um, Bless her heart. She just said, you know, Bert, I, I love my kids, but I can't, I just can't be a mom right now. And that was heartbreaking for all of us, uh, even for her. But um, we're best of friends now. She has literally, literally 
God got a hold of her and turned her life around. She has a good relationship with her kids. Um, it's amazing how things turn out. But um, I went on to um, to be married more than I more times than I am going to indulge in. And um, but every every step of the way, I knew the Lord was with me and um, directing my path. Even though I made bad decisions and was not always that person that, you know, I knew I should be. I, I know God would have a hand. Yeah, you're never, never too that's, far. You're never out of that reach. You know, so. that's, that's, there's really truth to that. Um, gosh, I've got all these notes and I'm not following any of them. <laughs> we did. Um, this is great. You uh, did you pursue any other professional paths? I, you know, that's education? a funny... <laughs> I, I didn't pursue a, a higher education. Okay. I just didn't have the time. Okay. Uh, um, it just... I just don't believe it was in Heavenly Father's plans for me to do that. I was destined to be a family man and work to whatever ends that required to be, to be that. I wasn't always the perfect father or the perfect husband... But I did the best I knew how. And yeah. in the career path, um, I really never pro- chose that professional path uh, um, because I was too busy being unsettled. I didn't have a higher education. <clears throat> I didn't take on a, a specific trade. Uh, when I went to Spokane, I hired on with a company that was a professional uh, handyman outfit. Mm-hmm. That business burned down, so I had to find another job. Um, I, I worked uh, in tire sales, and um, excuse me, I should have numbered these one, two, three, four, because I have no idea where I'm at in my notes now. Uh, I wing it here. Um, okay. What about some, uh, we've touched on some turning points. Any any extra turning points oh. you want to touch on? Oh, yeah. Um, well, one, of course, I can point to that was through no act of my own was my tumor. Um, For sure. I, that is something that could have easily, and I think probably half suspected um, that I might not make it through. It was very serious, although... Um, my, the surgeon and my parents never let me know how consequential it could be. Um, it, it, it was a new process. It, it could have easily taken my life, but it didn't. God had a hand in it. Um, and as I say, I'm here today for whatever purpose Lord still has for me to do that, to do his will. Um, my second one was marrying that which I had every intention of pursuing that <clears throat> it was a marriage to my my high school sweetheart because I was destined to be a family that's who I want to spend the rest of my life pursuing that with now whatever reason that that didn't work out I don't dwell on it I know that that was a decision that I made that was a, a choice life decision, life um, forming choice I made and I believe even in my heart today it was the right choice and it was a choice born of spiritual influence. Um, The other one was um, oh gosh what was the um, I think it had to do with one of my jobs um, because I'd Landscaping, I uh, oh, automotive industry is where I spent most of my time. Um, there was real estate. I was in real estate sales and services for a while, um, in sales for a professional printing company. Um, I have driven long haul, raising two kids by myself. I did that for a couple of years. That was a hard one because I was away from my kids a lot. Um, did, I was um, in leadership and management positions in uh, a couple of different aspects. The most recent being 
the cabinet company that I work for, uh, still on their payroll, but not working. Uh, I have owned uh, a couple of different businesses, both in the transportation industry, which were uh, two completely opposite ends of the transportation world, but uh, it thoroughly enjoyed and loved every aspect of it. But with 9-11, the timing was, nobody could, nobody could have known about 9-11. You just couldn't know. Yeah. And it hit many people, myself included, um, very, very hard in the transportation industry. And it hit me hard enough. Had I been able to make plans for 9-11, I could have survived easily. But without plans being set forth in uh, the lack of business and the equipment upkeep that I had, I just didn't feel like it was something I should continue to pursue. So um, I went on to other ventures. But... Um, that decision was uh, oh one thing I did do one thing that was a turning point for me um, that was my doing uh, not intentionally I was in a head-on car collision in uh, 25 years ago and um, by every aspect of the investigation that ensued I should not be here today. The car that I was driving, that I crossed the line and hit another vehicle head on, uh, was crushed in all aspects except where I was at. If there had been somebody riding with me, they probably wouldn't have made it because the car was crushed all around me. And um, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Oh, hey. So there's, I mean, I should have went through that windshield and I didn't. Uh, it is what damaged my hip, but uh, even that <clears throat> was uh, a miraculous healing. And I didn't kill the other two people in the other vehicle. Uh, matter of fact, they suffered next to no injuries. It was, it was an amazing event in my life that um, I could have been not only devastated, but could have had my life literally <clears throat> taken away from me as I know it, but by the grace of God, and I, I sincerely believe that because I remember the aspect of, I was working two jobs taking care of my kids, and I was just so tired coming home that I crossed that line, and I remember um, as clear as you and I are sitting here talking that when I crossed that line, um, there was a voice, if you will, Most people find themselves in a situation you would automatically veer to the right to get back on the right side. This told me, go left. And the second time it came through, it was, it was almost a yelling, go left. So I jerked the wheel left and my right corner caught their right corner, saved the life of those two people in that vehicle and saved my life because that side of the car was demolished. I had a pocket that I was... They had to take the jaws like to get me out, but I was not bleeding internally. I wasn't bleeding externally. I had a cut above my eye, and I had my hip completely demolished, if you will. But I was, well, I believe that was one of the miracles in my life that God had other plans for me. <laughs> Goodness. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, that was um, a very sobering experience in my life. And I still had two kids to raise. So I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, perfect. You've touched a little bit on, on pieces of your testimony. Oh. How about you tell us how you came to find the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and maybe touch on on that that part of your life. Well, I can't go without mentioning my, my kids. Um, I have three bio children, two from love of my life of my high school, uh, one stepchild for one of, my one of my marriages was just another of my daughters. I mean, she just is. And then my youngest daughter, uh, who is um, the one fur furthest removed from me in distance, but, <clears throat> but it holds a really special place in my heart, they all do. Um, they have, with the combination of those four children, given me um, 
10 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very proud of that. I can't okay. go without saying that. I'm, uh, I really, truly have been blessed that's in, in immense ways. Um, as far as my testimony, I know some people have, because I didn't grow up a member of the church. I'm a convert and a recent one. So, but I, but I can't go without giving credit or praise where it's worthy. I grew up in a, a spiritually well-founded family with the influence of God Almighty and our Savior Jesus Christ as an influence in my life. Um, I really believe that I was raised right, that I that they had it right, what they were teaching, the plan of salvation, the resurrection, the uh, all of the aspects of salvation. The only thing missing was that authority. But I didn't know at that time. So yeah. in 2004, by virtue of the woman I was married to at the time, I was introduced to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the truth was put on my heart by the missionaries at the time and the challenge of reading the Book of Mormon and praying if it was the truth or if it wasn't the truth. The you will know. You will know. If you pray earnestly and you pray with contrite heart, it, the truth will be revealed to you. And it was. And so at that time two thousand four I stepped up and asked the Lord to uh make me worthy of baptism and um, stepped into the waters, received the baptism. Um, the next day, the, the uh, acceptance of the Holy Ghost. And although there were some years there in between then and now um, where um, I never, ever lost my faith, I never lost my belief. But for whatever reason, I... Um, didn't attend church. Mm. Um, I didn't read the scriptures as uh, thoroughly as I should. I, I still have a struggle with that, <laughs> you know, uh, making, but, but I do it. And um, by the grace of God and his plan, and um, he sent some missionaries by, and they came to our door. Um, I knew who they were. I knew what was going on. <laughs> I know, Lord. It's time for me to come back home, isn't it? <laughs> and um, they visited a couple times when um, Jenny wasn't here, which is me personally. And then one evening they came by when Jenny was home, and I just asked her if she would be willing to let them in and hear what they had to say. And uh, that is all history now. That was just a short year, a little over a year ago. And they have. Um, helped me to reestablish that connection and they have god bless them for being obedient and um abiding by the word they have helped me to teach jenny and she of course has become baptized a member of the church and just i'm so proud of her she's <laughs> just growing and and uh, still yearning for more truth and more knowledge so that is my testimony of how God has introduced me and sustains me in the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's perfect. It's, uh, there's a lot more to it than that, but that can come at another time. Did those missionaries, did they knock on your door knowing that you were not attending at the time, or they just were knocking doors? They were just being led by the Spirit, is what they said. Wow. Because they had no idea that I had a previous membership, that I was a member of the church and previously baptized some years earlier. Okay. They didn't know. And they, to this day, if you ask them, they'll go, we <laughs> don't have much success knocking on doors. That is not the way. Yeah. It's just not, there's not a good success ratio doing it that way. For sure. But they said, we know, we know that we were led to be there and that, you know, and they were right. I mean, that was... God at his best, <laughs> showing and proving and revealing that he loves us and he will uh, seek out ways to bring us back. For sure. Yeah. So 
That's cool. It is. It's cool. pretty. It, looking back, you don't always see things at the moment that they happened for what they are or how they transpired. But if you are soft to the spirit and you are open to looking back and being um, uh, available to soak up what God would reveal to you and you look back on the way things, I see his plan. I see him working in my life and Jenny's. And it's um, it's a humbling, humbling thing to to know that we belong to a God that loves us so much that He would uh, gather us unto Him in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And for all that we that I have gone through, that He still um, has sustained me in this lifetime to keep me from harm by my own doing. Uh, to keep me from harm by nothing that I had anything to do with, with the tumor. You don't see, and I don't think probably my family even recognizes that those were all events that have happened so that God could prove that he loves me. He knows me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I am humbled. (laughs) by his, his grace and love for me. That's great. Well, can you tell us uh, a little bit about how you and Jenny met? We know we're going to get her side oh. of the story, so we got to get your side of the story. Yeah, better get it straight, <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, Jenny and I, <clears throat> Jenny and I have known each other for, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 plus years. We met when I, <clears throat> oh, another business aspect, I, I, I've also worked in the bedding industry, the ma- manufacturing and sales of mattresses, and um, my ex-brother-in-law owned his own little teeny tiny, started out of his garage, mattress manufacturing company. And um, uh, a few short years after he started that, he went into a larger building where he was manufacturing, he bought some equipment, Jenny had worked for him prior to my employment with him as his head seamstress. And for whatever personal reasons Jenny left um, to raise her boys by herself, um, she was not there when I gained my employment with him. But shortly after I started working for him in the plant, um, he missed her ability so much that he made an offer for her to return. And she came back to work for him, and then we met each other. Now, that was just a simple friendship, nothing more. Um, but we had a an immediate um, connection, um, and we have known each other for those 20-plus years off and on, uh, at times as best of friends, and at other times when we have our, had our own individual lives, we would part ways or... Um, or association with each other and but we would always somehow some way come, come back on. yeah and so um some 10 10 plus years ago her then boyfriend uh, passed away and um she was looking for another place to live and i owning or uh, having a house way too big from just myself because <laughs> i had a roommate that left and i was in this house by myself um, and my and so I invited my sister and her two children to come she was raising them by herself to come live with me it was a big house so I took the basement they took the upstairs and we lived that way for a couple years but she wanted to be on her own and just about that same exact timing that Jenny was looking for a place to live I needed to get out of that big house and we it happened that somehow we made a connection and found out that we were both looking for a place to live, and I said, well, you mind sharing sharing a house? If you need a place to live, I need a place to live. We weren't intimate or anything like that. We just both needed a place to live. And so we thought, well, we're good enough friends. Totally trusted her. I was still in the transportation business, so I was gone a lot. I had a cat, and I knew I could trust her in the house when I wasn't there and knew that everything would be fine. And um, then um, 
things transpired where I uh, I gave up the transportation business. I think that was about the time 9-11 hit. That would be 2001. 10 years, 20, well. And, um, and I took on employment, other employment that would be with Huntwood. And I was with them, well, now today, uh, this year would have been the 12th year, 11, let's see, 19, 11, 11 years. So um, that's when we decided to find a place. We were both working. I, I wasn't working at Huntwood yet, but she was. And I was just making that transition. So we found a place, uh, rented it separated our living quarters, shared the the only single bathroom there was, and the kitchen. And um, then I went to work at Huntwood, and we went back and worked to work together, and uh, and lived, uh, not married, but together for a number of years until the missionaries came and reestablished for me that connection I needed to be connected with. Um, and we started it attending church and the conviction of the revelation for me of needing to be married in order to progress uh, became uh, an undeniable um, step that needed to be taken. So with the bishop and our conversations, we decided it was time for us to be married. Um, we knew each other. I mean, we're the best of friends. Um, mm -hmm. It was, in my mind, it was destined to be. It was what God had of planned. Course. And of course. Uh, now I have this wonderful, precious, as gems as it's stated in the scriptures, of a woman for a wife. And I couldn't be happier. I'm, again, my life continues, continues to be blessed both both knowing things known and unknown and i i i can't i would be remiss if i wasn't totally humbled by the way that god has worked in my life bringing this woman into my life and now being married and and i told the bishop not too long ago i said there really is something to um wedded bliss i just i it's there is um, a peace and an assurance that comes from being married to the right person and knowing that you're blessed because of it. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's, um, she is definitely one of the most recent high on my list of blessings, <laughs> and I'm glad for it. I, I know that when the time comes and we are allowed to go to the temple, and be sealed that um, we're not anxious. I won't say we're anxious, but we're very much looking forward to it. So that's something we're working forward to. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Bert, let's, um, anything else that you want to touch on before we kind of... Oh, I'm sure there's lots of my notes, yeah. but these are all <laughs> things that can be taken up another time. I know Episode we need Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many things. Um, Why don't you um, tell us what it means for you to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Being a follower of Jesus Christ, it encompasses so much, and yet it's so simple and rewarding. Uh, it's simple in that we, I, um, am commanded to live as Christ would live if he were here in my place, um, to love others as he loves others, to be of service to all that I come in contact with, to endure with all things. Um, and even saying those words, it seems like it rolls off my tongue and it's just natural, but these are all things that, that I strive for because it's what it means to me to be a follower of Christ. Not because it's going to be easy, but because it's going to because it's what I'm commended as a man and head of a household as a child of God to do to um, and it's how did I put it here to be humble in receiving so much 
to exercise humility that I truly have accomplished nothing that my Heavenly Father had not first given me the ability and the will to accomplish. I know I can't do this on my own. I know that I wouldn't be able to do what our Heavenly Father um, reveals to me that I need to do. I, I couldn't do it. I can't do it in and of myself. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means that I want, need, and desire to be like him in every aspect of my life. From being of service to others, to loving as he loves, to being humbled that I have been given so much in my life, from my children to this wonderful woman as a wife, and so much to look forward to between now and the time I'm taken home. If I, I can't, I, I can't imagine a life now without Christ as my Savior. I've not had a tough life because of the influence of good parents, good godly parents, and a Heavenly Father that has watched over me and sustained me. But woe to me if I hadn't, if I hadn't chosen and continued to choose to strive to be like Jesus Christ. He is, uh, he is my savior. He is The direction of my life. Um, I know this church is true and I know that Jesus Christ is the way forward. The only way that I will see my Father in Heaven and, and spend an eternity with my Heavenly Father and my brother Jesus Christ and all those others that I love. Um, <laughs> I couldn't have asked for a better life. I mean, really and truly, I have been blessed beyond measure. Perfect. Thank you much for sharing your story.